0: Thank you, oh it's nice to have a welcome, feel like I've been away, we, only, we were away in Rarotonga for nine days and we got back so I know you're rejoicing with me about that so that's where the tan comes from sort of and uh, so who else has had a great week, who's had a great week, okay cool, so we we've, came back actually intre- interestingly enough came back and um, You know how the post piles up while you're away and as I went through the letters I opened one up and it had a it had something gold inside it which is I love receiving gold this was sort of in the shape of a card you know those things who's got one of those so that was a special time I thought what what can I do with this I've discovered that I can get a free bus ride And I've got one of those senior parking spots. I've got, my, got an eye on one of those out there. Far too young, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Also, we had another sort of exciting thing was we came back to being pretty busy. My wife was involved on Friday night uh, with the Parenting Week in a forum. And then we had a, um, a seminar that we ran together yesterday morning. Um, Around parenting children um, and their emotional, and from the top down, we called it from the top down. That's what it was, wasn't? it from the top down. What was it? Sorry. A strengthening families from the top. Down. Strengthening families from the top down. See, I was running the seminar. Guess what? <laughs> but we got home and we had a delivery, a cake delivery, all the way from Texas from uh, our daughter Jenny's daughter in Texas and um, we knew that she was expecting a baby she's 39 so she's it's her first so that's kind of exciting but we didn't know what it was and we opened up the cake and it was a blue cake with a pink ribbon around it. <laughs> so we got the knife and we opened it up and pulled out the piece and it was all blue inside. So what a cute idea! Yeah. So congratulations to to my lovely wife Jenny, who's going to be a grandmother. I'm I'm going to share and be a grandpa and a great grandmother, Myra. Yeah. Give her a hand. Yeah. So um, it's exciting, isn't it, to 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 get that sort of news and um, rejoice around new birth. Right well let's as we just come around the word of God this morning I want to speak about um, identity engages destiny and it's on the series of who is Christ to me and I want to talk a little bit about how our identity in Christ engages our destiny. God has a destiny for each one of us. He has somewhere for us to go we, and, it, and it's all good. And we, as we identify with Christ, we engage through progress, purpose and promise. Progress, purpose and promise in Christ. You know, when we look at Christ, we... We know there are a lot of metaphors in Scripture, a lot of pictures of who Christ is. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lamb of God. He's the prophet, priest, and king. He's the Prince of Peace. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my Saviour, my provider, my God, my redeemer, my strong tower, the resurrection and the life. He is the way. The truth and the life, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So all these pictures of who Christ is and all these descriptions of who Christ is demonstrates to us some of the treasures and wonders of what it is to be a Christian, to be identified with Christ. And when we're born again, and the Spirit of God comes into us, we receive a new identity. Peter talks about the seed that we're born again with being an eternal seed. Being a seed that puts eternity in our hearts and a new life that is in Christ. And as I've shared before, my experience as a young pastor, as a, a young Christian and pastor and leader for many years, probably for 20 years of my life, I didn't fully understand this truth and how important it was to get that foundation right. I knew what it is to be saved, I knew what it was to be born again, I knew what it was to be filled with the Spirit, but who I was in Christ was to some degree hard work. Because I believed I was what I did. I, was be- I believed it was what I who I was was really probably the role that I fulfilled. And the performance, the, the sense of how good or how righteous I was. Yeah. I didn't fully understand that Christ had done it all. Yeah. And when he said on the cross, it is finished. Yeah. It was finished. Yeah. Jesus was all in all. He was the beginning and the end, and it was done. Yeah. Finished on my behalf. Yeah. As I said, often we identify and, and we look for perhaps, even in, in the church life, our identity is perhaps what we are or the role we have or the job we do or how we serve and all those things are good but they're not who we are who we are is a new creature in Christ Jesus another issue that I think a lot of Christians have is that they they tend to get their failures mixed up with who they are. They may have struggles in certain areas and they identify, they put their identity into those things and say, I'm not good enough. I'm not righteous enough. I've got to pray harder. I've got to read more. I've got to serve more. And we, we have this sort of gospel which has been like almost behavioural modification, where this is what we do to be a good Christian. This is what we do to really be accepted by God. Because in the world that we live in, we live in a performance-driven world. And we bring that world into our Christian life, where who we are, is determined by our role and our behavior so we try to be better and we try to be righteous I remember going through as a young man going through right through the Psalms underlying or marking the word righteous and how the, all the promises to the righteous I'm thinking if I'm righteous enough then I'll get all these promises but I'd attach my performance to the reward when I'd already got the reward in Christ because he'd done it on my behalf and the promises were yes and amen and I would read that, I would read some of the, 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 the letters of Paul and think yeah well I don't really get it and I'd sort of shift to the back end of the letter where it talks about what a Christian should do I'd read about the theolo- theology that Paul would preach. He'd talk about how we were no longer under the law, but under grace. Yet in my Christian life, I'd find myself living under law and performance and rules and regulations. And this is what a good Christian should do. And a good Christian should go to church three times a week. You know, In those days, we did that, at least... Amen. <laughs> I should read my Bible every morning, I should pray, I should fast at least once a month and all these, all these good things became my righteousness and I thought I was pleasing God by doing them, when in fact They were a means to an end, yeah it's good to fast, it's good to pray, it's good to read your Bible but I'm already righteous in Christ Jesus, He's done it all for me, it's a gift. And all of those things feed in and help us understand. But if we don't understand it in the first place and we think, yeah well the world's perception of being a Christian is so often all the values the values of being you know Christian values a lot of people feel they're kind of righteous because they've got Christian values and maybe they don't go to church because okay I'm just good enough the way I am and we need to understand that what Christ has done and our our identity in Christ is so, so crucial. There's a little picture I've got here of a cart, the cart before the horse, which is kind of cute. But a lot of us as Christians, we we have this sort of thing where our behaviour, what we do and our christian activity and our christian disciplines we think they make us righteous and it's very much the cart before the horse whenever paul as paul writes his letters to the ephesians and the colossians and the corinthians he always starts out telling them who they are in christ how they're righteous how they're blessed how they're highly favoured, how they're saved by grace and they're blameless in Christ. Do you feel blameless? Blameless in Christ, free from sin. Galatians 2.20, we read, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. The law speaks of rules, regulations, systems, disciplines you can put all of that in there and the law the Bible tells us is a good thing but it says here that our righteousness does not come from what we do and our actions and our keeping of the law it comes from Christ and it says here that I no longer live that makes me dead Now I was kind of brought up on a a belief that Christianity was a progression, that it was, you progressively matured, you progressively became more righteous. Because we were looking on the outside and we were looking at maturity, maturity being a process, and maturity I guess is a process but what we've got to come to terms with is the fact that in Christ it's all done and finished and we are in that place. So we are positionally holy and righteous but in reality we feel we're not. But that's actually not what the Bible teaches. Paul teaches that we no longer live but Christ lives in me that we're actually dead, and I was taught that we were kind of partially dead, just a little bit dead, you know, like Monty Python dead, you know that, you know that sort of Monty Python, I'm not quite dead but I'm dead, I, and I always remember those two knights fighting and he gets his arm chopped off, then he gets his other arm chopped off, then he gets his legs chopped off, but he's still there and he still wants to fight even though he's got no arms and legs, he's just a little bit dead. And there's a a lot of Christians like that, sort of just a little bit dead, not completely dead, but actually in Christ we're kind of mafia dead, we're dead, mafia type dead, like horse's head in the bed dead, you know? (laughs) So we're dead. You're dead in Christ, dead to sin, yeah. and alive to God. You've got a new nature. It's a new nature being given to you. It's a gift. You can just sort of rest. I was sort of had my feet up in Rarotonga, quite a lot, I was thinking, this is kind of heaven on earth. It's lovely. And it's a little bit like that, if I could just, I don't want to make you green because that's a sin, you know. But uh, that sin's dead, by the way, so you don't have to come under condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But we can just rest in all that Jesus has done. We can rest in our Christianity, we can rest and enjoy what Jesus has done for us. And the gift of righteousness that he's given us because it is a gift I no longer live the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law Christ died for nothing you know Paul was an expert in the law he says I was faultless as far as the law is concerned. But he also says in Romans that he wouldn't have known what sin was if it wasn't for the law. The law actually empowered sin. Because when you get told not to touch the wet paint, you kind of, I wonder whether it's still wet, you know. (laughs) Is it still wet? Or the sign which says trespassers will be prosecuted, you want to just get over the fence and do a bit of trespassing to see whether it happens. <laughs> if you give your child some, we talked about this yesterday, we get, you give your child some, some rules, five of them maybe, they'll think well I hadn't really thought about doing that but I think I might try it because it might be fun. <laughs> the law empowers sin. And Paul knew all about that, and he taught on it. And I think he probably penned that song, I fought the law, and the law won. (laughs) So if we fight the law, and we fight to keep the law, it will win. It'll condemn us. It'll tell us that we're not righteous enough. It'll tell us we're not quite up to the mark. Amen? When Jesus has given us the gift of righteousness and has fulfilled the law for us, completely done with. So you can sit in that place, well what is this? What have I got to do? Is it that easy? So Maybe I can just go and sin and have a great time. But I'm going to tell you that once you're born again and the Spirit of God is in you, If you try that you are going to be the most miserable saints, because the Spirit of God that is in you is, He wants you to be righteous, He's given you the gift of righteousness and you can fight it with all you like if you've been born again and rebel against it and fight against it but you are, some of the most miserable people I know are backslidden Christians because the Spirit of God and I've been one myself so I know okay The Spirit of God is telling you to be righteous within. It's a within. The life is within us. And it empowers us to live the Christian life. And we just need to sort of relax in that and enjoy it. Enjoy. That's why you enjoy listening to worship songs. That's why you enjoy coming to church. That's why you enjoy reading the Word. But if you read the Word and and pray out of obligation because you think, I've got to do this because I've got to be righteous, it'll start to become a duty and a drudge because you're bringing yourself under the law. Now I'm all for Christian discipline, I'm all for good habits. But one of the truths we need to operate and know is that our righteousness is not of our own making, it's of His He has done it for us. The old me is dead and buried and I'm alive in Christ. I liken sin, if you like, to to a virus. We know that Adam sinned and when Adam sinned, the whole of mankind inherited that virus of sin. But when Christ died he died to sin and he gave us that gift yeah. for it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me he brings that new life into us so the first Adam and maybe we'll, we'll move on to another scripture here which is I think is um, Romans 5.17 if we can just have that up on the screen there we'll get it in a minute I think. I'll start reading it anyway. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So there we have that sense of the gift of righteousness enables us to reign in life we know the gift it's a gift we can take it and we can reign with it God has called us to reign in life and the way that works is that as I said Adam died because of sin that was a consequence of sin and that's why man dies in the literal sense. But now we've been given the gift of righteousness and the born, born again of the Spirit of God in Christ that we might be resurrected and live eternally. And that is the gift. And we all can stand, if we've received Christ into our lives, we all stand in that gift. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. There's an abundant provision of grace for every situation, for every challenge, for every sin that you're struggling with. There's enough grace. And sometimes we believe something else and we operate on those beliefs that it's just too hard. But God has said he's given us abundant grace. There's an abundant provision of grace Mm -hmm. and the gift of righteousness which enables us to reign in life. He wants us to reign in this life, and he also wants us to reign in the life to come. There's going to be a place of ruling and, re- uh, and reigning with Christ. And I want to co- cover that in more detail next week. Where What, what, does, what does eternity look like? What does reigning in, reigning in the eternal kingdom, heaven if you like, or the kingdom that is to come on earth, what does that look like? And I want to to look at that and unpack that a little more next week. Because that's our destiny. But we actually live in our destiny now. Our destiny is the future, right? Amen? The destiny is our future. And we have a future in Christ. And our identity enables and empowers our destiny. Our identity in Christ is so crucial to understand it, to get it, to really appreciate the righteousness and the gift of righteousness that is within. Will empower us to deal with the sin virus. And the problem, there aren't many here that, that haven't or aren't struggling, in some area with that nasty old virus but we've been given a new nature and that new nature is empowered by a belief and an understanding of our, of our identity in Christ that's how we reign it's through faith faith if you like is the landing pad for the power of God within our life. If we really get what Jesus has done for us, it opens up, faith opens up, the faith in Christ opens up, reigning in life and dealing with the sin virus. Sin is just a parasite. I was doing a, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a bit of cooking and um, I got some pork, I got a shoulder roast and I, go- I googled, googled a recipe for, for pork, shoulder roast and um, I don't know quite, it's a, it's a dangerous thing Google, right? Because up came the pork and up came this little, there were these little pictures as I sort of looked at the Google page, there was a little picture of a sort of a, the inside of somebody's stomach after eating pork. And, uh, and it wasn't a pretty picture. But I was kind of fascinated as you sometimes get with those little pictures that come up on you. Good. So I pressed it, search, and there it was. And it was a, a picture of this operation that this weight was going through. Now, weightlifters, I didn't really know this, but weightlifters are sort of really, they, they, they eat a lot of protein, build up their body mass. And part of the protein was eating a lot of meat. But the danger with that, apparently, is that certain things live in meat. And if you don't cook them well, you can have a problem. And this particular weightlifter had eaten far too much pork, obviously, and maybe not cooked it properly. And consequently, it inherited a worm. And, um, and this was a picture of his stomach, opened up, and this rather grotesque worm all coiled around his insides. Two kgs of it. Lovely if you remember nothing else from this morning you'll remember the word and sin's a wee bit like that it can coil, it can get in us it can sort of consume us it can weigh us down Hebrews 12 talks about laying aside the sin that so easily besets us and that's just an illustration it's not perfect Okay, so we won't get too bogged down in that so But it's like that, a parasite doesn't belong, it's not who we are. It can be taken out. And Christ, with his gift of righteousness, wants to take that out by the life that he puts within us. It will deal with the sin if we just rest in him and say, Lord, deliver me. You have the power, you are all-powerful. I choose you, I choose, I might fight, you might fight this one day, you might take you, it might take you a few minutes just to resist, resist that lust thought or whatever, it might, it might take several days just to deal with it, but as we come to him and say, Lord, your life in me is far, far more powerful than the old sin nature... For it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And I'm dead. I'm horse in the bed dead, right? I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. Colossians, I'll read, I'm going to read from um, the Passion Translation. Colossians 3.3 3 says... Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away in God as you live within the anointed one. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed." for you are now one with him in his glory. And as Christ himself has seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed. Reckon yourself, the NIV says, reckon yourself, dead and alive to Christ. Reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to the righteousness in Christ, which is his gift to you. Amen? Can you get that? Can you live that? It's faith that enables that truth to land, if you like, on your helipad. You create, you know, you get a building with a, you know, Christ, uh, the Lord spoke to me just not so long ago as I think I've shared that faith creates its own reality. And the faith we have in Christ enables his righteousness to live within us. If we believe the sin is stronger, if we believe we've got to do this wrestling match with the with the old nature day after day week after week for the rest of our living lives until we go to heaven rather than living in the victory that has been done for us and been created for us in Christ we will struggle because that's what we believe and that's perhaps what we've been taught with a lot of belief, I know I taught it for years and I'm sorry for that, because I didn't get it myself and I'm coming into this as I hit superannuation age. (laughs) The truth gets brighter and brighter, the truth gets brighter and brighter, revelation It's revelation upon revelation, level upon level. God is calling us into identity as a church. Amen? I understand Morris preached on it last week. I haven't got around to hearing it yet. But there's that sense that the Holy Spirit will come and he'll start to speak. Layer upon layer, week after week. He'll be saying the same thing until we get it because it takes a while sometimes might take 65 years (laughs) for some of you younger ones this is a message I wish I'd heard when I was young because it would have saved me a lot of grief this is so crucial that we understand the gift that God has given to us the righteousness that God has given to us the fact that we are born again of an eternal seed and he's called us and he's promised that new life in Christ for us today, Amen the musicians would like to come now we draw to a close and let's let's believe for that promise, let create that place of faith in your life for his righteousness to live within you and to empower you against that virus and that parasite of sin. To free you. He's called us to freedom. It's a freedom from sin. It's a freedom from that old nature. And some of us have have lived our Christian life fighting a sin consciousness. a, a, A sense of You know, what we resist persists, what we resist persists, if we're so busy resisting this habit and that and and giving it our attention, it'll just grow. Whereas if we give Christ our attention and his righteousness and his gift and all the wonderful gifts and fruits that he's given us, then that's the life that we'll live, amen? Let's stand and sing. Let's just focus once more on the cross, on that perfect, completed work done, finished. I have because of Jesus. All His promise won for me. When He paid the highest ransom, once for always, for my freedom.